0: Before we get into the show, I want to remind you that my book, Small Doses, Potent Truths for Everyday Use, is now available for pre-order on smalldosesbook.com. And on smalldosesbook.com, you can get it at a number of different sellers. So some people don't want to buy from Amazon. I get it. Some people don't want to buy from Barnes. I get it. We have a number of independent booksellers that are also available for you to get the book on pre-order. Please. Make it your business to get your pre-order of my book now so that I can maybe write another book and become a New York Times bestseller. Available now at smalldosesbook.com. Let's get into the shop. Small dose. Self help from the hip. Small dose. We're talking that shit. Small dose. Keeping it real. Small dose. Me and M and Seals. So funky. Today, we are joined by a very talented individual, a very incredibly strong and good-willed individual, and a great friend of mine, bass player, entrepreneur, father, musician, harmonica enthusiast, Dwayne Wright, also known as D-Dub, and The band leader and music coordinator for Smart, Funny, and Black. Black. Hi, D-Dub.
1: Hi. How you doing?
0: So D-Dub was in town because D-Dub was playing with The Roots. The Roots. The Roots. Here in Los Angeles. And I said, D-Dub, you know, I think you need to come through, do the podcast. And D-Dub has like so many points of entry for this podcast. Like it could be about me being a musician. It could be about touring. It could be about just being a genuinely jolly person all the fucking time, no matter what's coming at him. Because Mm -hmm. genuinely, like, none of us even understand it. We're just like, how? What are you drinking? What's the secret sauce? What is the prayer? Like, tell us. But that's... I feel like that's not an episode. That's a series. So today, what I thought would actually be interesting is for us to do side effects of being a dad. Because... D-Dub is a dad and D-Dub has two sons and he, from my point of view, is just a really great example of father and fathering. And this is a show where it's so much from my point of view as a woman that there's sometimes where I feel like we're not getting um, these really important conversations that are coming from another side. And so, ooh, did you hear my stomach? That's the other side. And it's uh, <laughs> like the upside down. And so this is somebody who I trust who I consider to be an honorable, noble person um, and who has been through things because that's That's the other other thing. thing. It's real easy to talk about shit when you ain't been through shit. This is somebody who's been through shit and come out the other side and who's also in their late 30s, (laughs) which I also think is very important. So so D-Dub, I want to talk about side effects of being a dad. And when D-Dub came in here and we were trying to figure out the topic, I had said side effects of being a dad and I was like, you know, what do you think makes you a good father? And when we and whenever we're deciding topics like this is how we decide it like we'll just throw things out there kind of like riff on it with the person but he immediately said well one because i care and two attention to detail and both me and Rebecca were like ooh what does that mean and that's how we know that this is the show so let's just pick up the conversation where we had left off cool. now one what made you say because i care like that, that that seems like an obvious thing i mean i say that as i have a father who doesn't care but con
1: but that, I mean, that's it. Like a lot of people, they play the role of father. And I hate to say play the role, but some of them play the role of what father. What would be playing the role? Playing the role of father is doing it because a child was born to you.
0: But doing what though? Like how do you the, play the role versus be the role?
1: Kind of being there, being a provider, because we get we get confused that being a provider means I'm a good father.
0: You better be on this show talking already at the top of the goddamn show. <laughs> you better drop a jam on them. Damn, drop it.
1: <laughs> So being being a father is way more than being a provider because you can find you can find your local drug dealer to come be a provider for the family, for the kids. The local drug dealer can come put groceries in the house if that's all you're trying to do. But being a father is being emotionally, being a covering... Being there spiritually, letting the letting, letting the child know that the child is safe. And not just physically safe, but they're emotionally safe. They can come to you. They can talk to you. They can express themselves without feeling judged. And I know we, a lot of times, because, you know, I have, I have four brothers and we're all fathers. And sometimes we talk about, you know, kids being too young to express themselves in a certain way. But that's not true. Because... It's the younger ones that are trying to figure out who they are that are expressing themselves and they're looking for that guidance.
0: What's an example of like, they're too young to express themselves and this, like what is it? What is it? What is an expression that has taken place that your brothers may have said like, Oh, they're too young to be doing that, that you were like, no.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, Pauly, my, my oldest son is six now and he'll, he'll have conversations or he'll be sad about something. He'll watch something on TV and be sad about it because he doesn't get it. And we'll just say, oh, you get it when you're older. I see what you're saying. But explain it. Explain why that thing might have made him sad. He might be sad that Batman died, <laughs> even though he's going to be back in the next episode. Right. He might be sad that Batman died because he don't understand that it's, it's a TV show. So it, it affects him differently because... He reveres Batman in such a way. It's like my hero's dying.
0: Poly tapped in. in. Yeah,
1: he's, he's. it's scary sometimes.
0: <laughs> These kids are tapped in. Yeah, they've been here before. My ex said his son turned in and was like, Dad, we have a special bond, don't we? Mm-hmm. And he was like, fuck! Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs>
0: like, this this thing nigga said we good. had a bond. Like...
1: And then what do, you, what do you do with it? You'd be like, wow, okay, well.
0: you to step it up. <laughs> 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 oy, <laughs> oy, 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 So when you say you care, it's about showing your care in ways that are extending beyond just the tangible. Yeah. Got it. And so talk to me about what you were saying when you said attention to detail.
1: Our kids kind of, they... They'll say things or they'll do things to get attention or when they don't like something, they'll do they'll react certain ways. Like my son, I I always refer to Paulie, he he'll I'll buy him pizza, he'll take a couple bites, and be like, Daddy, I'm full. Can I have some ice cream? So you're not full, you just don't <laughs> want pizza. So the detail is I'm act- I'm not actually full. I just don't want what you're feeding me. Wow. So whereas I could take that as well, you you just you, I got, I got you your pizza. pizza, that's what you're gonna eat. You if you don't want, want the pizza, pizza, you don't eat nothing. I say I I'm, I'm not giving, giving you ice cream. cream. Well, can I have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? So what you're really saying is, I, I don't want this pizza. I'm hungry, but I don't <laughs> want pizza. So please don't make me eat no more of this pizza. <laughs> and he does that. He does little things like that all the time. And if I didn't care and if I didn't really pay attention to the detail of what he's actually saying, I would just brush it off as he just want dessert or he just want ice cream all the time. He don't really want ice cream all the time. It's just the next thing that's going to come to his mind because he's
0: kid. Right. He knows that he likes that. Yeah. So then this is a better option. Yep. Well, this is going to be a show where you talk about like you being a good father and I talk about my father being a shitty father. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Because that's my only real experience, right? Like is being the child to a father who chose to father in a certain way. And I've dated people who are fathers and who father in certain ways that I um, have revered. Like I would say that my ex, like the way he fathers... I think is the best of his capabilities, but at the end of the day, I, one thing that I will always give him credit for is that in a in a scenario where it feels like the smartest thing to do would be to harden your child to keep them safe, he makes it a like concerted effort to still keep a softness with his son like he kisses his son on the mouth like he holds his son like he tells his son in no uncertain terms like i love you i'm here for you you can tell me anything you know like there isn't a like barrier that's put up that i think a lot of parents that are maybe in underprivileged situations would Mm -hmm. be would feel more like the smartest thing to do would be like i'm gonna gonna harden harden you you. so that you can handle the hardness of this world You know, and like, even when he'll try and tell me he does that, I'm like, you You don't don't do do that, that, playboy. Like, you're actually (laughs) (laughs) like, that's not what you do at all. Like, my father was somebody who I think when you say care, it's interesting because it's what do you care about? You know, like you care about your son's interests. You care. It sounds like you you care about his mind. You care about the uniqueness of his mind. Right. Like my father, I felt like was afraid of the uniqueness of my mind. And so he would make it his business to basically kind of like um, snuff out like attempts at individuality instead of trying to connect to them. So like when I would be like, I don't don't like broccoli." broccoli. Instead of finding an alternative that can do the same job, it's like, no, you're going to eat this because I gave it to you. And so it becomes like my expressing of a lack of desire is seen as a lack of discipline Mm. versus simply just me as a child, like knowing that like, I really hate this. So then you're now forced. I mean, my dad one time I said, I really like, you know, I hate broccoli. Like I hate it. I I hate hate it. it. And also in hindsight, it's not even that I hate it. I hate how you cook it, nigga. (laughs) If you're listening, I hate how you cooked it. You cooked the shit like trash because now I'm an adult and I order broccoli from lemonade all the goddamn time. And I'd be like, yo, this broccoli is mad good. This broccoli is mad good. But when I think back and I'm like seven years old being served steamed broccoli with no pepper, no garlic, no salt, what, what the fuck? fuck? Trees. Trees. Yeah. You're making me eat small trees. And this is torture. I don't even. Come, I don't even live with you, bruh. You should be feeding me candy, <laughs>
1: <laughs> treats,
0: <laughs> just treats, treats and snacks. You know. And I will never forget. And like people listen to this episode, people listen to this show. Sometimes I know they're like, "Oh my gosh. she be remembering everything." And I don't know how much of it has to do with like me possibly having a certain tinge of Asperger's, or how much of that has to do with me having a lot of tinge of being a cancer and holding grudges. But this negro when I was seven years old, at his house for Christmas, would not let me open my Christmas gifts until I ate a plate of broccoli. Now, nigga, you You know know that I don't like broccoli, but you're going to put this plate of broccoli in front of me. And and, and even if you're like, because you need it for the nutritional value, it's like, are you having those conversations with my mom? Because guess what? She ain't serving me broccoli because she know I don't fuck with it. And so I said, can you just put some cheese on it? And do you know that this black man cut a quarter size of cheese and placed it on the broccoli. Nice, nice. So anytime that you hear about me being petty or you see me being stank, know that I didn't get that just from my mama. Yeah, yeah. He put, and you know he had the nerve to put it back in the fracking wave and melt it? Care. A quarter
1: <laughs> He cared.
0: <laughs> a quarter size remember being seven and just looking at him like damn I really I hate you. I hate you. Because I think that when you are in touch with you as your security as a person and with your kids you can find a compromise. Yeah, There could have been a compromise there. The compromise there is just eat four broccoli trees and here's something else that you actually like to eat. You know what I mean? Like my compromise with my mom would always be like how much of this do I have to eat? Because she knows that what I... What I, what I like, I may hate broccoli, but what I like even more than I hate broccoli is competition and triumph.
1: Attention to detail.
0: Literally. So she would just turn it into a game. Mm -hmm. Like literally, like I do this to this day, to this, to this day, (laughs) to To this this day. day. Like literally my ex and I would be eating and I know I'm a bad eater. And I'd be like, how much more of this do I have to eat? And he's like, why do I have to tell you this? I'm like, just fucking play the game with me Mm -hmm. so I can eat this goddamn food. (laughs) He's like, I don't know, three bites. Fine, whatever it takes. But my mom learned that from me from Young, and she would just apply that. In any situation, she would apply, like, Amanda doesn't want to do this. This is how I'm going to get her to do this. I'm going to just make it about victory.
1: (laughs) I literally do that with my son. So when he has homework, he doesn't want to do the homework or he's stressed out with the homework, I make it a race. Like you finish your homework before I do this. You can get ice cream or something. Or you can watch you can watch an extra hour of TV today. <laughs> an Extra hour of TV for kids today? <laughs> extra hour of PJ Mask does wonders. PJ whom? PJ Mask.
0: What's happening on PJ Mask? It's
1: like uh <laughs> it's like kid superheroes. It's Cat Boy, Gecko, Owlet. PJ Masks. PJ Masks.
0: (laughs) Is there a blue ghost on PJ Masks?
1: It's not a ghost. This Romeo is one of the villains.
0: Is it like blue with a bow tie?
1: Yeah. Oh no, no, that's not. That's uh, that's from Vampirina. (laughs) You know. Yeah.
0: This is from Vampirina. That's from Vampirina. Okay. So my mom, to this day, will just buy me stuffed animals. I don't know where they're from, but if it's cute, she buying it. I think that's voiced by Josh Gad, too. Hilarious.
1: Yeah, I shouldn't know this, but...
0: Yeah, this little blue ghost <laughs> with a purple bow tie. Like, look up there. You see those little, like, black, looking like they're, like, rats or what? I don't even know if they are. <laughs> little woodsies. Uh. I don't know what they are. My mom saw them somewhere and was like, these are cute they're going. And I think the well, that makes what that reminds her of is the Sylvanian family. Sylvanian okay. family was these little like bunnies and foxes and little animals that were dressed up and they had a house and I distinctly remember waking up one Christmas morning <laughs> and running downstairs and opening my gifts and it was my mom and my dad were sitting there and they were just looking at me. And I realized that it wasn't Christmas morning. I had actually taken a nap and woke up in the middle of the night and ran downstairs and thought it was Christmas morning and it was only like 10 (laughs) o'clock. So, PJ Mass, that's what's going down.
1: Yeah, it works.
0: So... When you um, when you first became a dad, like, what were your fears? Um, but also, what were your excitements?
1: My fears were not being able to protect him from what? From just just from life, just from the simple like a well, I can't say simple things, but a car accident, right? Or from getting sick just simple things like that just like even to the, still still I hate to see he got a cold he sneezes I'm I'm running through with a box of tissue like I'm superman but it's like but it's going to happen we all go through it we have to go through it we we going to get sick we going to have
0: I'm 38 my mom is still doing this
1: yeah exactly care <laughs> but you know it's
0: it's like
1: stuff like that was my fear: not being able to provide, getting fired from a job, and not being able to find work, and going through six, seven months without no real substantial income. Because he did that suffers. actually happen. That, that it happened
0: while you while he was in existence. Yeah. And how did you get through that?
1: Um, I changed the way I handle business. Before, prior to him, it was just me. So, if I fell behind on bills, okay, I'll catch up eventually. Cool. Some of the, you know, playing this this music game, you you deal with people who handle horrible business. So you'll do work and get paid months later. Yes. I mean, it it it's still, it's there are literally gigs that I've done, ten years ago, that the money has never showed up.
0: Has your money shown up for Smart Funny and Black?
1: It has. Every time. Just making sure. Huh? Every time. Every time. All the time. We're
0: looking looking at at each other. other. (laughs) (laughs) But
1: yeah, so I I went through... When he was about one, I went through a spell where it just seemed like I I agreed to do a couple tours. And the, the industry was at a weird space where they weren't taking out full bands. They were taking out a keyboard player and a drummer. So... And the you bass, play bass. And I play bass. So I started lying. And uh, after a while...
0: You started lying? <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, I started lying. And what do you mean? I was taking kids as a keyboard player. But you're not a keyboard player. I'm not. never been. <laughs> but I toured as a keyboard player. Shut up!
0: I never <laughs> knew this!
1: Well, for some of our favorite artists.
0: <laughs> <laughs> really?
1: Maybe not favorite, but most popular. So yeah.
0: you lied. Did you... But... But... It was a fight or flight situation? Like- it,
1: it, was a, it was a fight or flight situation because I always do local stuff, but the local stuff wasn't enough to handle my bills and my new responsibility as a father. So it was keep going through this circle, get a nine to five, or figure it out. At the end of the day, my dad used to always tell me, you figure it out. So I figured it out.
0: You figure, and and basically saying, like, if the nine to five is the figure it out, then that's that. Then that's
1: what it's gonna be. Right. So, me saying that I was a keyboard, taking gigs as a keyboard player was my last resort before the nine to five. To get a nine to five. Yep.
0: And so it made you really, and so, okay, now after you got on, you said that it made you change how you do business. Yeah. So, did you mean like just in terms of like it made you have to stretch into realms that you'd never done before? Yep,
1: stretch into realms. But also, I had to change. If I know that the system that I work in is dysfunctional, get out of the dysfunctional system. Because there are functional systems. So Keep talking! So, instead of... We have a problem. We have a habit of... Who's we? we? Us. People. Black people black or people, just humans. Black people, in general, but black men, like black, black people. Okay, because we f- sometimes, in in conversations, you'll talk to some black people and they'll they'll talk with an inferiority that we're not supposed to expect what everybody else expect, expects.
0: Yes, absolutely true.
1: And we have to stop doing that because when you when you when you walk in the door saying, "Well, I'm just grateful for this." then they go. you're going to be treated the powers that be are going to treat you as a as a groundling. Yeah, as a groundling that's the word i was looking for
0: thank you i got you always
1: they're going to treat you as a groundling and then once you once you come in the door treated as a groundling 98% of the time you're going to stay on groundling level because they they didn't have to respect you coming in the door so they're not going to respect you after you've been in the door doing the job for 10 years then you can't ask you can't ask for all the benefits ten years later when you've been doing the job for nothing because <laughs> you're not gonna get it. And be like, well, you 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 did it this long,
0: right? And unless you're bringing something new to the table, why or... should we bring
1: something new to the table?
0: Ooh, and we just did side effects of money, so that is real. Just think about that one, y'all. That's you're not true. bringing anything new to the table. Why should we bring something new to the table? Yep. But and then the only option at that point is I got to bounce from the table. I got to
1: bounce. You got to leave the table. Find another table.
0: And make sure when you get to the new table that they didn't put you in the kitty table. Yep. Make sure they put you at a place setting at the table with the proper forks and knives. You got two glasses, one for wine and one for water. Yep. And you got the necessary bowls and plates that you need to have the full course meal, not just the scraps. Right.
1: But if you come in the door looking for chicken fingers and french fries, don't expect filet mignon
0: and au gratin
1: potatoes.
0: Au gratin potatoes! It's not going to happen. Interesting. And so when you say that you had to find functional systems, tell me more about that. Like some of the artists that I, I used to work with, who we know, <laughs> we
1: know. <laughs> I I just had to walk away from. Even though I love playing the music, I love functioning with them and working with them. It was all well and good, but they didn't respect me on a level to where they paid me like they respected me. Right. So... They love they love having me around, but they didn't show that they loved having me around.
0: And now that you had a son, it changed what that meant for you. It changed
1: what that meant. It means it's not just about doing it for the gram, so to speak, or or appearances. No, you, this is substantial. This is my job, and I got it's not just me now. I can suffer because I know how to deal with suffering, but my child's not gonna suffer. So I'm doing this for my child. So you have to handle business a different way with me. And if and if that don't work, that's cool. There are plenty of people that are willing to handle business the right way.
0: I think that's so real, though, that, like, you kind of can get into a cycle of thinking that it can only happen one way. Yeah. And until something bigger than you comes along, it won't force you necessarily to, like, expand your, your mind. Yep. And so as a father... Your son forced you to expand your mind, but also it seems like to it forced you to even view yourself differently. Yep.
1: It 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 forced me to reevaluate my self-worth. Because having a child Are you and, getting this, Brendan? And my, my son is my namesake. So on top of my self worth, what am I doing for my name? Because he's gonna have to carry this name when I'm not here. So if my name is shitty, right. then
0: he's puff shitty. He's
1: he's he's a little shitty. And no one wants a little shitty.
0: Nobody wants a little shitty. Little, little shat.
1: Yeah. Poot poop. <laughs> so.
0: Peaty poop poop. Polly poop poop. <laughs>
1: Polly poop. Yeah, nobody wants that.
0: And so in It's
1: like a turd. <laughs> <laughs> It wants to be a little turd turd.
0: Little turd turd. Yeah, come on, poor little turd turd. So, what do you feel like were things that you were excited about when you were becoming a father?
1: Oh, it was it was actually very exciting because I have, like I said before, I have four brothers. So, just the just the fun of. Watching him grow from, from a baby, seeing what he adapts to, what he attracts to, what, how his brain is going to work. Because I was a little, you know, I was a, I was a baby genius back in my, my former years.
0: <laughs> Good. You know how we know that? Because this Negro here was on Where oh my in my. the World is Carmen San Diego. <laughs> <ba-ba-ba, ooh-wee-oo. laughs> he sent me a clip. Yeah, and has not answered his phone since. <laughs> and it's literally just dawning on me in this moment that yeah. we have not yeah. fucking discussed. Yeah,
1: definitely. That he was
0: on Carmen San Diego. Definitely
1: avoided that conversation. I yep. was like,
0: I'm calling you tomorrow, <laughs> and I did call him. I
1: was like, No, 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 no. no.
0: <laughs> How could you send me that and then not let me discuss I, I, it? I, you were on Carmen San Diego. Yeah. How did this even happen?
1: Well, I was in a. Like, I was really a real nerd back in back in my day. I had a full college scholarship to John Hopkins University when I was 10. What? I had a medical full ride. I would have, I would have been a college freshman at 12. I did not know any of this! My parents felt I was too young to go away to school.
0: Accurate. <sighs> you know, but, so... <laughs> Wait, D-Dub, what are we talking about right now? Yeah, yeah. Back up, yeah. back up. What?
1: So, when I was 10, Hunter College in New York... Yes. ...had this program where they let the AP kids they just did it just to appease the urban communities okay so they let like a group of 20 uh fifth fourth and fifth graders take the PSAT took the PSAT I scored higher than 90% of the high school students in New York so what they then it was four of us and they took the four of us they let us take the SAT I scored a ten forty on the SAT when I was ten years old.
0: Okay, just for just to give everybody some <laughs> some perspective, I scored a ten thirty on the SAT <laughs> when I was sixteen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: so when I was ten. I scored a a ten forty.
0: Wow!
1: So then they they took it was me, this girl named Kaiti Rivers, and it was another kid. We all took like, a bunch of college courses for, like, six months, and, like, I guess we scored so high, they offered us full scholarships, full medical
0: rides. But to go to John Hopkins to, to become go. a doctor? So basically what you're trying to tell me is you was Doogie Hauser out here?
1: Yeah. Literally.
0: What? You was Bluegie Hauser? <laughs>
1: It's funny. I got a, I got newspaper clippings in the house. Like it's calling calling me a little black Doogie Howser. Of course. I was like, huh, now that look back at it, little black Doogie Howser.
0: Little mm. black Doogie Howser. It doesn't have a ring <sighs> yeah, to it. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't no. sound appealing. And so, but, th- so you didn't go. Mm-hmm. But then, did you just go back to regular school?
1: Went back to regular school. I hated it. So, I used to torture my teachers. Like I would rewrite lesson plans. I would break into. I shouldn't be saying this on the podcast, but I, who cares? I'm 37. <laughs> I would break into my teacher's classrooms on their lunch breaks and rewrite their lesson plans. So the first half of students for the day would have the real lesson plan. Uh-huh. Everybody that came like fifth period and later would be doing the wrong homework. I was awesome. It was great. Because she would write the lesson plan for the homework on the right side of the board and the classwork on the left side. She never. They would never pay attention to what's on the right side of the board. So for like weeks, I was, I had kids doing the wrong homework. It was, yeah, it was, it was good stuff, man.
0: So you're a Mensa? Well, you know. Who knew? (laughs) This explains so much about why me and you get along. Yes. Because you're a fucking Mensa. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm a cerebral assassin.
0: Cerebral assassin. Wow. You know what, though? Let me just give you props real quick on this, though. Because I feel like I've come across a lot of mensas who just feel the, de- just feel the need to mensa you to death. Mm-hmm. You know, like, a lot of the reason why I end up dating hood niggas is because I don't want to have discourse in my fucking house. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I yeah. don't.
0: So I try to date, like, smart niggas that aren't going to want to have, like... Brain you to brain- death. Like, <laughs> 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 they just want to get brain but they ain't trying to like brain me like cuz it's just like it's boring. Uh, it's boring. I had this happen recently where it was just like I don't I don't want to break down like the socioeconomic uh and and the socioeconomic and the gender uh binary deficiencies of like blah, 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 blah. Yeah. like it just starts feeling like that character that damon wayans played on living color where he'd be like <laughs> uh the emblematic <laughs> uh, coincidental vibrations <laughs> of the fiduciary uh fibrillator uh secretions
1: some people can't turn it off. They literally can't turn it off well, or they, they don't want to. They don't want
0: off. to turn it off because yeah. it like it defines them.
1: Yeah. It's a bully tactic.
0: So you was out here being the fucking genius and now so what is it so do you feel like you looking at Polly like are you a genius too?
1: Yeah, cuz like when I, when he was born, when he was being born the first question's people always ask me, what instrument he going to play? What sport what he going to play? play? I don't know. I wanted to be a neurologist. So maybe that's... And now I play bass for a black show. <laughs> so, you know, you never, I you know, I never know what's going to come, but the excitement is the possibilities are endless.
0: I do need to make a point in saying that you had left that caveat out. So of course your ass was like, I can go and play keys for for artists because I'm a fucking genius. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, so you, you, f- you figure it
0: out. I figured this out, <laughs> asshole. Got people on here like, man, shit. If I got to do it, I got to do it. No, <laughs> let's be clear. Know your limitations. Know yeah, your strengths, you know. etc. So, in this whole dad thing, what do you think has been like the key outside aspects that are helping you to be a better father? Cause I think it's very like easy for us to like internalize, like it's all on me. It's all on me without acknowledging that like, no, but there's other things out here that can be helpful.
1: Yeah. There, there are things out here. Um, Y'all watch what you feed yourself. The TV, the TV shows you watch the, the content you intake off Instagram, off, you know, online, social media. There's, there are some great, Examples of fathers and fatherhood and stuff like that online. You can, you know, glean from different things. You better say glean. But you know,
0: <sighs> now you're showing off. Glean. S A T ass word. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been using it you since gotta, I was ten. You got to start using I... words. that don't. Like, you know, the accoutrements. <laughs> so a fatherhood. You know, but yeah, you there. There are a lot of there are a lot of tools. I'm a reader as well, so. Paulie's a I was cleaning out Paulie's room the other day and literally he had like 120 books in his room. I don't remember buying that many books. <laughs> but it's good because he's not gonna be a, a tube baby. He's not gonna be attached to the TV 24 7. Right. He's gonna wanna read. It's to the point where I and I bought him some so many books on a wide range of topics from the the remedial to, you know, more advanced stuff because I want him to want to read. I want him to want to look for information in the book. You know, the old saying is, if you want to hide something from a black man, put it in the book. Right. And I don't want that to be said about myself.
0: How has having Rome been different?
1: Rome has been different. Um... Because I feel like everything that, or the mistakes that I feel like I've made, or the time that I didn't spend with Pauly when he was first born, I've spent that time with Roman. Like, I've been with Roman on a daily basis. I wasn't, still when when Paulie was born, before I had that little spell of not working, I was on the road 9 to 10 months of the year. So I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't have that everyday time. And he wasn't living with me when he was first born. So I missed a lot of those early years, like the first steps and first words and the first fart that was really poop.
0: Okay. You know, that stuff is, you know,
1: <laughs> that stuff is important. You know, the charts, You can't miss the first shots,
0: No, you know, I guess not.
1: It's good. It's good stuff, man. You know?
0: And so what what do you feel like, do you feel like your relationship with Roman is going to be different because of that?
1: Yes. I feel like my, my relationship with Roman, because I, I feel like I started building my relationship with Paul from two on. With Roman, it's been from day zero on. And not that I wasn't there for Paul, but Paul wasn't living with me. He wasn't under my roof. So Roman has been under my roof since day one so i, I i've i developed a stronger bond with him early got you so I, and i feel like that's gonna just make things even better moving forward
0: so tell me just in general like what do you think that you have noticed see you don't have girls see mm-hmm. that's the thing like
1: two boys <laughs> <You> got men's <laughs>
0: But like now that you're a father, do you recognize anything in the women that you have dated that had daddy issues that you'd like <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: What? Talk to me.
1: Well, you know. Um Well <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Cause I know I have daddy issues.
1: Yeah, you can you can see it. It's thank you. It's appreciate it. I mean, I wasn't referring to you.
0: <laughs> my lovely
1: tan friend. Um, but you can you. I've been able to spot the daddy issues, and they're warranted too because there's some shitty people. I mean, these uh, I don't know. How I keep saying shitty, but man, it's terrible fathers who who felt who have followed the the path of being a provider or sending money because you pay child support doesn't make you a good father like that. That'll never that'll never be because you went to work every day and you put groceries in the house don't make you a, a good father if if you don't know i got a friend and great great guy yeah for the most part
0: but he don't even know his daughter's birthday i can promise you my dad doesn't know my birthday and i i don't i don't understand she's 12 so you've had 12 years to learn it it's a birthday. Just one day. Like do you know your birthday? <laughs> like Right. What do you think is the reason why he doesn't know her birthday though?
1: He there's no care. He's just it's just he just feels like she was she's my daughter. So I'm I'm take care of her. I make sure she eat. I make sure she got somewhere to Make sure list. she don't die. Yep. Somebody but mess with her, I go beat him up. I'm and that's dad. it. Fatherhood.
0: I mean, <laughs> fatherhood. <laughs> I mean, I was on Instagram the other day and this person was in my DMs and then I looked at his um, profile and he said, and it said that he worked at this particular college and I knew that my dad had worked at that college at the same time. And so I was like, oh, I think you know my father. And he went on this long ass rant about how amazing my father is and how my father is this incredible person. He's this brilliant man who was just like the a superstar physician and da, 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 da. And I was like,
1: Actually, my my father's father's trash. (laughs)
0: Um, because it was one thing to say he's a brilliant physician, but then he was like, he's such a great man. He's such an amazing man. And I hope you follow in his footsteps and da-da-da-da-da. And I was like "Hmm." Right. And I was like, Well, actually, my father's trash. Um, I mean, I'm I'm glad that you had a good experience with him, but for all intents and purposes, like that hasn't been my experience. But um, you know holla like what do you you know like what do you say you know and he was like oh well I've dealt with like a bad father too and you know so I can definitely understand that but like you know within this space like your father was just like so so brilliant blah 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 and I said but here's the thing like my father being a smart genius doesn't make him a good man it makes him a smart genius you know like I think we when you see like the Steve Jobs story like that's a great example of that like even Ravi Shankar like you know there's people out here who have been gifted with all these kinds of talents whatever but that doesn't necessarily mean that they knew how to engage or properly interact with like their offspring
1: yeah
0: um and i think that's a whole skill and talent itself like do you feel like you just knew what to do
1: i knew what what i lacked as a child and i knew what i kind of wanted the things the 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 things my child was great But the things that I feel like I lacked as a child, I wanted to make sure Paulie didn't like as a child. And I want to make sure Roman didn't like as a child. So the conversations that I didn't have with my dad. Now, my dad was a pastor and he was a gospel singer. So he was always, he was on the road a lot, traveling a lot. So there were times when I would just have emotional stuff that happened in school or Tried to, somebody tried to bully me in school I could have went to my brothers and talked to them But it's something different when you can go to your dad And talk to your dad about something So I wanted to make sure that Those things that I didn't have, those moments that I had When I wanted to talk to my dad and I couldn't That my children could talk to me To feel You know, because I don't want them to have to feel that void And then have to figure out Why they felt that void
0: so do you see yourself like consistently checking in with yourself in terms of how you can be a better father?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: What are the things you ask yourself?
1: Did I handle that right? Am I paying enough attention? Do I really know what my son wants? Asking my son, like, what, what did you dream about yesterday? Mm. Oh, well, yeah, my son started drawing comic books. And I mean, they were awful, but you know, they were (laughs) this is terrible. But um, they they were insight into his personality, into the stuff that he just sits and thinks about. was just like okay, so why did you draw? Why did you draw me there, and why did you draw mommy there, or why did you draw Roman over there? Well, you know because. I feel like if, if a bad guy come, you're gonna beat him up. And then if if he's beating you up, then I can come from over here. and Then Roman can jump on his back. And i will say, okay, well, cool. That's how that's how you think it's it a method. Yeah. It it makes sense to you.
0: <laughs> so, you know,
1: let's figure this out.
0: I just think that the whole dad thing. We, I, I see a lot of dads on Instagram talking about that they feel underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Black dads are like, nobody talks about black dads. We always talk about black mamas. You know, why aren't we talking about black dads? And it's like, well, you know why we're not talking about yeah. black dads.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the stats are all the stats. Numbers don't lie. I mean, it, it, that's what it is. But instead of complaining about how we're underappreciated, let's just
0: demonstrate. Let's
1: demonstrate. Let's step up. If, if, there's just too many of us that aren't stepping up. And I say us because I'm a black man. Not, I don't say us because I'm a deadbeat father, because I'm not. But I say us because I'm a black man. So as a black man, we have to hold each other accountable to be better.
0: You know, <laughs> I'm not saying it, you know. It isn't me saying it. But... Here's the thing. We had talked about how you're not with your eldest son's mother. Right. And I asked you, like, do you consider yourself a single parent? And you said, no. no. What do you consider to be a single parent? Because I know a lot of fathers. And I know I know a lot of mothers that consider themselves single mothers because they're not with the child's parent. But yeah. you had a different uh, definition of that.
1: Yeah. I feel like a, sing- a single parent is someone who is doing it by themselves. Whether whether they're getting a check or something, doesn't determine whether they're a single parent. But if they if they have help, and if the father or the other party is present, then you're not a single parent. Now, if the other party isn't present and all they all they do is send money or all they do is call every holiday or whatever, then you're a single parent. But I feel like people take the because you're not with the other parent doesn't make you a single parent
0: that makes you a single person that makes you a
1: single person right that don't make you a single parent
0: that's a really like important distinction to make because I, and I feel
1: i feel like a lot of people choose that to garner i don't know pity or i don't know if they want empathy or whatever it is but yeah that's i'm definitely not a single parent
0: all right mm-hmm. yeah do you hear how chill D-Dub is right now? Like, this has been the most mellow episode. Like, I think Tongo may be the only most more mellow episode. Because Tongo, people literally wrote in and were like, I couldn't even understand what he was saying. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I feel you. Um it's just me, man. You know, chill. Do you think you being chill? Do you think you've gotten more chill since you've been a father or, or less? Um.
1: I, th- I think I've gotten more chill because... interesting. Because so many things are not important now. I'm so unaffected by so much trash out here. It's just like, okay, cool.
0: I literally feel like the universe didn't give me a child because they were like, you already don't give enough fucks as it is.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And if we give you a child, like it'll be a new level of no fucks that we can't even manage. Because yeah, I still I give, give some fucks. Yeah. But those the fucks that I give balance the fucks I don't give.
1: Yeah, there will be no balance if you had if once you have once you have
0: because your you're child. one of those people that thinks I'm gonna have a kid.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I just don't want it to be twins, but yeah, <laughs> that doesn't run in my <laughs> yeah, family. Yeah. But
0: if I'm with somebody that it does, oh god. Ding
1: ding ding ding, no! ding.
0: Yeah, but I don't know if I'm gonna have a kid.
1: I'm pretty sure you going to have a child. <laughs> yep. Yeah you're gonna be I'm 38 you're gonna be the 41 year old MILF at the nursery
0: oh god it has to happen quick yeah. quick yeah. I literally just my homegirl was just like oh by the way I'm getting married um, in October and I was like wait a year a year and a half ago, like a year ago we were talking about the fact that we are single and she was like <laughs> yeah it happened really fast there was nobody on the horizon and now they're getting married in October
1: yeah that's 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 been a theme a lot though there's been a lot of uh, shotgun marriages and families happening lately.
0: I feel like I would have a shotgun family, but not a shotgun marriage. And when people ask me, like, why don't you want a kid? I'm like, because I want a family. Because I do want to experience somebody being a good father to our child. Mm-hmm. At the same time that I want to, like, I think there's a large part of me in my daddy issues that wants to experience that for my child, but also, like, for myself. For yourself, yeah. Like I think I want to literally be like a part of like what is it like when someone's like being a good dad? And like yeah. see that shit in like real time.
1: Yeah, that comfort, that safety.
0: That... Yeah. Yeah. I think I end up dating niggas who I feel like are going to provide me the comfort and safety that my father did not. Yep. You've clearly had this conversation with other people about me. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have we had this conversation? I
1: think we've we've touched this. Subject. We've 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 circled the bowl, but we haven't <laughs> dove into the toilet. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because when I wanted to have this this, I was so happy that it was gonna be you and that we could do side effects of being a dad because I know a lot of my listenership are black women who either have children, right? Mm-hmm. So or they might so they have children, they might be in a family setup or they might be a single parent. Um, and I think that it's I think that for a lot of us who are in those situations, who did not have fathers around some of us don't even necessarily know what to ask of the fathers you know what i mean And, and i think that you've given us a lot of like interesting insight into like what the role of a father is in terms of how that may be different than the uniqueness of a role of a mother or just like where your headspace is at um and then even if it's not different like How much more effective it can be if both parents are applying the same things and the same attention to detail and the same, you know, um, wanting to create an emotional space and base. Because I know for me and and our listenership, if we don't have kids, then we're coming from the point of view of like, well, what are the men that we're dealing with? Like who are fathers? How does how does watching how they father show us how they are? Right. Speak to that.
1: It's important. I mean, you can know you can tell how a person is by the way they cheat how the way they treat your children.
0: Man. I can tell you one billion kajillion percent that much of the reason I gave my ex several chances and even have still applied a level of compassion to him that I haven't applied to others is because of how he fathers his kids and because of a certain level of like understanding of knowing like your kids could not be this way if you were not this type of person right like your kids could not be these joyous smart like like happy people if you didn't give them some of that from because like their 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 mother is not necessarily that kind of person so it had to come from you and so that's in you and so I think that there's like a certain level of like empathy and like connectivity that I gave to that. That At the end of the day, doesn't even really apply to me per se, but that was like, Oh, looking at how you father your children makes me like more endeared to you.
1: But it, it shows you what that person is capable of emotionally. Yes. So when, when you see them being nurturing and caring with their children, that means this in them to be nurturing and caring to other people. It's just, it's focused. Right. So sometimes we want that focus to sway to us, and it's is
0: but it's not. Ton- hot, right? It's tunnel vision. It's, sometimes it's it's compartmentalized very yeah. definitively. Yeah, very definitively. And I know, like when we talked about daddy issues earlier, like I mean John. Le- um, uh, I wish John Legend had done the song, but it was actually um, what's his name? Come on. Fathers, be good. Oh, John Mayer. John Mayer. There we go. Yeah, I wish it was John Legend, but it was John Mayer. <laughs> ah, yeah. I'll sing it like John Legend. Uh, yeah. I'll sing it yeah, like John yeah. Legend. Who oh, fathers, be good to your daughters. Daughters will love like you do. Girls become mothers who turn into lovers of others. Be good to your daughters. It was kind of like John Legend sings country, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think that the women on here who are listening and consider themselves like having daddy issues, it's because we had fathers who either weren't present physically, emotionally, mentally, or even though they were present physically, they weren't emotionally or mentally present, you know, or they were hurtful to our mothers. So even if they were good to us and nurturing to us, we saw them be hurtful to women that were who we were going to be. Yeah. And so we were able, we're, we weren't able to like fully come, like fully reconcile. Like, how can you be good to me while you're shitting on the person I'm going to become?
1: Yeah. Or oh, shitting on the person that just supposedly love.
0: Yes. And so for us, it, 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 like, it prevented us from having a a framework Mm -hmm. of, like, how we're supposed to be loved. And, like, fathers provide that in many ways for, especially, I mean, listen, we're in a dynamic, we're in a very dynamic time right now. We're, like, we're seeing a change with, like, how we're approaching gender, et cetera. But at the end of the day, like, a parent really helps to define for children all these different things contextually. And I think, and the basics of like individuals who, who define themselves um, as like, I am a cisgendered male father. Like you're looking at them like, okay, so I'm looking at how you love my mom or how you love me. And that is helping me determine how I'm going to allow people to love me in the future. Yep. And if you're someone like myself, you find yourself at 38 having to like, not even rewire, but having to literally wire, wire. yeah, wire. like what that looks like. And if you've been listening to my podcast for the last two years, it's a bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like at the end of the day, like if this podcast really does anything, it really, this episode, I really wanted to just stress like the, what I really didn't even anticipate happening, but what you've really done so beautifully is stress how like the emotional and the mental work that being a father really serves, and how that plays out um, as an adult is where I come in and saying like it really does shape you beyond just the providing thing. Like, the, thanks for the broccoli, but I would have been better off with you like having a conversation with me about how much I hated it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, why I hate? Ask me why I hate broccoli. Ask yeah. me why I don't want to eat this entire plate of broccoli that you put in front of me. Just ask me. Because
0: when you make chili, you're really good at that. And I gobble it up. Yep. Yeah. We're having a therapy session at this point. (laughs) The last dose. So, anywho, now that we have derailed, um, do you have anything closing that you would like to say to. To mothers of sons who maybe the father isn't present,
1: listen. Listen to your child. Pay attention to your child, and don't be afraid to let to to show. If there's not a father present, there needs to be a male figure that's respectable that can be looked up to, because that's going to help in the long run. Because he's going to need to to see how a man treats a woman so he's he's always going he's going to treat he's probably going to treat women great because he's going to he's going to love his mother Mm -hmm. and i'm just just referring to mothers with sons they're going to treat their mom great because that's who they have that's that's all they have but it will help them to see how a man should treat a woman
0: because a mother and son relationship is different than a man and wife relationship. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, Brendan's <laughs> like, really? Listen, brother, listen.
1: Because I know some dudes that they treat their mother like the Queen of England, but they treat their girlfriends like the Duke of England.
0: Right. <laughs> and there's dude, but then there's also dudes who look to their girlfriend like, why aren't you treating me like my mother yeah, treated
1: why me? Why aren't you being my mother? Yeah.
0: Why aren't you giving me unconditional love? And it's like, well, I mean, you've been in me, but you weren't like in me, in me.
1: (laughs) You didn't come from me.
0: (laughs) Listen, you didn't come from me. Or in me. There we go. So I think that um, (sighs) I wasn't really sure how this episode was going to go, but I'm really glad that it went this way because... I think that we are in an interesting time right now. We're always in an interesting time, but we're in a particularly interesting time right now, especially with women advancing into spaces of individualism and um, economic...
1: Entrepreneurship.
0: Yes, entrepreneurship and economic independence, et cetera. And there can just be this like feeling of like, damn, I don't... Like, I'm working on me so much and I don't necessarily know like what this dad figure is doing and but but I like that you've given us a framework of like this is what I would really like for you to be doing even though because the things have changed the framework has changed you mm-hmm. to just be like you're gonna provide and I'm gonna nurture and that's how it's gonna be and nurturing is coming in a very different package these days mm-hmm. and I think fathers are really having to step up in a very different way mm-hmm. that's it just mm-hmm. mm,
1: that's true well I mean I, I just feel like the I provide she nurtures. That's like a caveman mentality to have because nurturing can come from both. And now provision could come from both, to be honest. Not to say that it has to, but it it's possible. But nurturing needs to come from both. Both parents need to nurture because the, the, the children need that. Children need to see both sides of they need to see the feminine side of what nurture is and the masculine side of nurture. There's nothing emasculating about being nurturing to your kid or about being caring or being emotionally present. It doesn't make you a punk. It doesn't make you soft. It just means you care.
0: It just means you care. And we care about you, d (laughs) Well, I care. And I try and provide gifts for Roman and Polly. You do. do Whenever possible. Mickey hands. Mickey hands. Did he fuck with the Mickey hands? Oh
1: yeah, he he was slapping, roaming around with him the other day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, I love it. Um, and I love you. I love you too. And um, I thank you for being so so open and honest mm-hmm. about such a personal uh sp- space because yes. you definitely thought you were probably going to come here and talk about playing the bass. <laughs> Boop and also just a side note just like a little tidbit D-Dub and I were in the van going to some city when I was like I really want to do like a segment that's like it's more historical based for Smart, Funny and Black and that's when we were like let's do a moment of Ebony Excellence and Dub was like okay and then he pulled out his like phone and there was a <laughs> keyboard on the phone and he started playing um, some sounds. And it was like, bum bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. And I was like, a moment of Ebony Excellence. And that is how we ended up coming up with a moment of Ebony Excellence. And it was not something that was like, you know, a long, drawn-out process. We were literally... In the van. In the van, driving. And that's how it went down. Yeah. And that's how most things would go down with us because we are, like, I don't know. Do we have like a, a music synergy?
1: Yeah, I think we have a we have a brain synergy though.
0: Right. It's like. <laughs> yeah. Good shit. Good, good shit. shit. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, you can see D Dub. He plays. Who do you play with right now? Uh, the
1: Roots. Um. Chill. Smart, funny, and black. Oh!
0: So D-Dub will be with us this uh, next Smart, Funny, and Black on September 14th, which is going to be a legendary Smart, Funny, and Black yes. in L.A. with Cree Summer and Jasmine, Jasmine Guy. guy. <laughs> Listen, it's going to be a different world after oh. we get to experience this. Oh, you yeah. know what I'm saying?
1: Oh, yes. <coughs> Jasmine the Guy.
0: Star Bands a podcast. <clears throat>